You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. This episode is made possible by Oklahoma Medicine. We really enjoy the lavender and eucalyptus topical one-to-one salves, and they are such a staple product for us. I literally use their staff for everything, like my lower back, bug bites, shoulder pain, rashes, and so many other things. My favorite use for the salve is for my feet on a really long work day. And having my massage therapist rub it into my sore shoulders. That sounds so bomb, Sob. If you guys haven't tried their salve, we highly recommend it. There's more than one use for it, and the tub literally lasts forever. Retweet! Now, let's get back to the episode. On today's episode, we are interviewing offsite at a grow here in Oklahoma. And we also have the pleasure of speaking with a long-term cannabis enthusiast, activist, and grower, Carlos. Carlos has been growing underground for quite some time and recently launched his brand, Charlie's, throughout Oklahoma. And so today, we're just going to kick it with him, hang out, smoke some cannabis, (laughs) and talk about Charlie's Cannabis. Hey, Carlos, thanks for being on. Let's yeah. start with the basics. Where did Thank your you personal guys. cannabis journey begin? Um, so I think I was in seventh grade and I went to a party and uh, I had friends that were you know, a little bit older than me and they were into like heavy metal music mm-hmm. and kind of like bad influence kind of, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're at this party. They're like, hey, you need to, you know, you should try this. And they brought me over like a little Coke can that had holes in it. And had something that looked like dry grass on top. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And so I remember trying it, and it tasted horrible, and I didn't really feel anything. Yeah. But um, I think I had a headache. You know, that was about it. it, But it made me think, like, well, what is that? You know, like, it kind of made me seek it to try to see, like, well, you know, what can that do? You know, so that was my first experience. Oh, wow. How old did you say how old you were? I was in seventh grade. So okay, so one of the yeah. youngins yeah. with can- an early <laughs> yeah. cannabis experience, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. So tell us a little bit about your growing journey, your background, and how that started for you. Wow. Like, where did you grow up and everything? Yeah, so I'm, I'm originally from, from Texas. I was born in Texas, and I was, I was raised in Texas. I went to high school in uh, Arlington, Texas. I went to Bowie High School. And uh, when I was 17 years old, I uh, joined the military. So I was, I went to the Marine Corps, so I was stationed in San Diego. And I went from being a kid that had never, <clears throat> I had never traveled, right? Like out much, I was, right. you know, my parents were, we grew up with a normal family. We didn't have a ton of money. Mm-hmm. So I went from living in Texas to like experiencing Southern California. And that like really Night and day, eyes. right? Night and yeah. day, yeah. And I remember when I was in the military, I would have friends that would, um, that would show up with weed, like Marines sometimes, you know, they, mm-hmm, they smoke mm-hmm. weed, they're not supposed to, but they do. <laughs> and they would show up and they would have like chronic fire. And I'd be like, where did you get that? And they'd be like, oh, at the weed store. I'm like, what? The weed store? <laughs> you know, so this was like 99, 2000. Wow. And Prop 15 started 95, 96. So uh, it sparked my interest, you know, and then I got out of the military in 2003 and I moved back to Texas and I was working uh, just, you know, odd jobs and going to college. And um, 
I remember, you know, hey, these people are buying this awesome weed at these stores and what is this? And, you know, California has legal weed. And so I just really got into the researching and trying to understand. And I started growing. I bought a light and put it in my closet. And I had, um, you know, like with Mexican brick weed, you guys, you guys, mm-hmm. how old are you guys? You yes. guys remember that? Yes. You guys, yeah. Pretty, 20s, right? You guys are yeah. 20s. So I don't know if you guys, do you guys have Mexican brick weed are ever we, growing up? I mean, I I don't think I personally consumed it, but yeah. I had seen it whether it was around people I was close yeah. with who like yeah. uh, that was where that's how you got weed if that's the only thing you got. Yeah, yeah. there you go. So, so basically, I, I had a bunch of seeds of that, and I grew it out, and it was like horrible. Mm-hmm. It was like a horrible <laughs> experience. And um, and then I got a hold of um, somebody that I had met that that gave me a bunch of seeds, and they're like, oh, you know, I'm growing like blueberry and super silver haze and chronic and all these super early 2000 strains mm-hmm. and he gave me like hundreds of seeds that he had made and all kinds of stuff and um and i planted those seeds and i got a better light you know i was like okay i'm gonna do it better this time i'm gonna get a better light and bigger pots and better soil and i just started doing a bunch of research and then i found these um online forums you know like the internet has so mm-hmm. much information right so right like, i found Scary. these it, it's, it's, <laughs> you can learn how to like build a bomb on the internet uh, but, right so there was these back in the day like there wasn't a, a, a community like this. Everything was so underground. So mm-hmm. how are you going to learn how to grow weed? You know, you Google it, right? And yep. you come up on these forums and you join these forums and it's a bunch of people all over the world that are growing cannabis and they share knowledge, mm. right? And so that, I became like a student of that because I wanted to grow like better weed and better weed for myself because I was a really picky uh, consumer. And so I did that, went from growing in a closet to a house to garages mm. to whole houses Wow. And I can say these things now because it's past the statute of limitations, right? So yeah, there you go. we did that for a very long time underground. Yeah. And in 2008, um, we were actually the first people to grow OG Kush in Texas that I know of. Wow. So, because I had friends from California, I got, I was under, I had these forum connects and, you know, we started growing OG Kush in Texas in like 2006. And I remember when we did that, it kind of started popping up all over the place. It started, people started shipping it from California, but, um, uh, people that know me pretty well, you know, they'll tell you that, yeah, I think we, if we, we knew everybody that was in that market that was either selling cannabis or growing, mm-hmm. nobody had that cut, you know? And so that was kind of like at that time, Texas <clears throat> didn't really have strains. And we brought like the, you know, Bubba Kush, uh, OG Kush, which were like the early kind of yeah. exotic strains. Right. right. And so in 2008 or nine, um, we were like, you know what, it's time to go back to California. Like we, you know, we mm-hmm. had a little bit of money. We figured it's time to go and set up our business there and start building a name for ourselves. So we went out there, started cultivating in California and we're selling to dispensaries. We we're kind of doing a lot of black market stuff. You know, it was kind of the wild, wild west back then. And we did that from 2008 to 2014. So during that time period, wow. we, we really got to, we, we, uh, we became part of that culture. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like oh, yeah. we came from in Texas kind of being underground mm-hmm. growers and, you know, we had that culture. But then we went lived again in California for a long period of time and we really became like embedded in the culture and understood the culture and understood, um, you know, how important genetics are. And, you know, you got to have the keys to really be successful in this space. You got to have the keys to certain places that not everybody has access. Right. right? Yeah. Especially when it comes to genetics, when mm-hmm. it comes to knowledge of cultivation when it comes so many things right that you don't have the keys when out of out of people out of this industry coming in here 
without people like us, they don't have the keys, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, so we got to kind of learn all that and experience all that. And, um, in 2015, we moved back to Texas because Prop 64 was happening and we didn't want to be part of that mess in California. So we moved back to Texas and we got actually involved in hemp and, uh, me and my brother built a hemp, uh, a CBD business. So we built a CBD brand. And that was when I learned what a brand is. Mm -hmm. It's one thing to be like a grower and it's one thing to be a brand. Yes. Right. And so, so that was like, for me, I never had a formal education, you know, like I don't have a marketing degree or Mm -hmm. business degree. So going through that experience of building this CBD business, uh, taught me a lot, especially when it came to like branding Mm -hmm. and marketing, you know? So I kind of, that's, that's where I learned that. And we actually sold the company in 2019. So, uh, yeah, we got out right before kind of the CBD market kind of crashed a little bit, you know, because we we got out right at the peak. We sold our company to a private equity group out of New York. And when we did that, it opened the door for us to come back and do what we truly wanted. Nice. Oh, yeah. So we bought this property. And uh, that's when I started working on the brand, right? And like kind of our strategy, Mm -hmm. what we wanted to be, what we wanted our identity to be. Who was our audience? What was our message to that audience? And how are we going to get our product and our brand in front of the patients? Mm-hmm. And how are we going to build a relationship with the patients? Right. Yeah. right. Because so many, I feel like so many people come, growers, right? Or we'll say flower brands or farms. Everybody's like fighting for the dispensary. Mm-hmm. Like who's fighting for the patient? Meaning like everybody's just trying to like sell to dispensaries like buy my product pound on your door forever forever mm-hmm. like we've been to your shop twice you yeah. we don't call you every day we don't pound no. on your door it's like mm-hmm. here's our flower here's here's who we are um but we're gonna fight for the patient meaning we're gonna instead of fighting everybody else to fight for the dispensary business mm-hmm. we're gonna build relationships with the patients i love that power of the people yeah exactly and then they're gonna go to the dispensaries and ask for our products yeah mm-hmm. right and that's what's happening which is a perfect transition into my question at what point did you realize cannabis was used for more than just getting high but in fact is super medicinal to save people's lives oh i think when i got into the cbd space right because well no i think in california you know with the whole patient model you see that, but I can't ever say that I used cannabis growing up because I felt like I, I, I had a medical need. Yeah. Right. It was mm-hmm. like recreational. Yeah. But I think all cannabis use is medicinal, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, you can, I, I smoke cannabis recreationally, but I smoke it because I have a very fast mind and ADD and it slows me down. Yeah. Let's me think and concentrate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So for me, that's medicinal, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. People would call that recreational, whatever. Yeah. Um, so I always saw cannabis use as recreational and then, when I started our, our hemp company, we got to see really what that would do for people that had seizures, people that had um, a, a lot of different conditions, mm-hmm. right? And that was like, wow, this stuff really is medicine, you know? So I think that was my first, and that was probably like in 2015 or 16. Wow, that's cool. It's cool to see how everyone's medicinal side of cannabis journey is so different. Because I started yeah. smoking in like, what, 2011? Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, and so... Back then, I was all recreational. Like, I would go through an ounce in a week, like, no problem. (laughs) Yeah. And, yeah, literally, it was buck wild back then. But um, now it's like I can keep an eighth of flour for forever, and I have other avenues. But I also don't necessarily need to be high every day. It's more the microdose version of it. So now I'm more in tune. And it wasn't until I got into this cannabis space, like, 
being a manager of a dispensary that I really got to figure out my journey with it. So it's cool to see how different everyone's is because everyone does kind of feel like start recreational. Yeah, I think everybody does, right? For the most part, yeah. Unless you like... Because you're exploring in the beginning. You don't really know Mm -hmm. exactly if if it's medicinal for you yet. You know what I mean? There's still Mm -hmm. a lot of questions. Um, Okay, Carla, so when we first met you, you emphasized on growing underground for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about that time in your life and like what was it like to do that back then? It was was crazy. And I think that that's something that people should be really proud of. Yeah. Because without the people that did that, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Without the people that risked their freedom to to create an industry, whether Mm -hmm. it was legal or illegal, Mm -hmm. we wouldn't be here. Right. And so I think there's a level of um, credibility that that gives that that gives people, you mm-hmm. know, and it should reflect in your quality of your product. Right. Yeah. Right? right. Like that should mean in our case that met, what that means, what I want that to mean to the consumer is the patient is like, we've been doing this a long time and we know what really good product looks mm-hmm. like. All right, guys, let's take a second to talk about the flower we've been smoking on recently from Charlie's Cannabis that's grown here in Oklahoma. Saab, tell us what you think. The Chemical Sunset and Star Pebbles has been such a delight. From breaking it down, rolling it up, and smoking it, it's all been a really great experience. I hands down would totally have to agree with that. They have both been really great, happy, headspace type highs that I've really been enjoying. I could not agree more, Bran. They'll be at the SESH July 17th, so be sure to grab a ticket and stop by and see what they're all about. Now, let's get back to today's episode. Yeah, well, we, when we took a break in 2015, we transitioned to hemp. Yeah. But we were still touching the plant. Which is, yeah. It, yeah, it just wasn't. Just a and, different and it was, aspect. And it was a whole other, when we, when we started doing that, that's a whole other thing we can talk about is like horticulture meets agriculture. Mm. Like I can show you guys videos of 100 acre grows that we, you know, we're working mm-hmm. with our contract partners on that we, you know, um, invested in and, and we're using for our material and basically we're, you know, got to... Uh, determine what kind of genetics were grown and all that right and we got to participate Mm -hmm. in the grow and it was it was just so crazy seeing horticulture meets agriculture that's crazy horticulture is hobbyist like indoor Mm -hmm. and even larger scale indoor is still horticulture when you're growing on 100 acres that's agriculture and the same things they don't transition Mm -hmm. but to your original question what was it like growing underground it was um it was scary at times, but it was exciting and it was rewarding. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. always on your toes. Always. <laughs> yeah, always, always on your toes. It was, uh, especially doing it in Texas, you know, you're really risking the biscuit there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, I, and I think you should talk to my son. I think he probably has some pretty interesting stories about Okay, I he kind of started know? to tell me some at the dispensary. Yeah. But he was like, wait, I, I'm just, I'm just going to let my dad tell you because I don't know yeah. what all he wants me to say and what he doesn't want me to say. And I was like, way too watch yourself. Yeah, he, he knows. I mean, you know, he He's, I had my son when I was 18 years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so when I got out of the military, I was, what, 21, 22. And, oh, wow. and I was in, like, immediately after that, I was in the weed business, right? It started yeah. real small, but that's what I did. And, I mean, there were times, you know, I think there was one time when he was a little kid, and I told him, you know, I was like, don't go into the bathroom. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And then recently, you know, five years ago, he's like, hey, Dad, remember that one time you told me not to go in the bathroom? <laughs> I was like, yeah. He's like, well, I went in there. <laughs> well, duh. And I was like, well, what did you see? And he's like, trash bags full of weed. <laughs> <laughs> trash bags so full of weed. So I think he has, you know, he has memories like that. Yeah. Right? And, um, and it, I think at some point, 
you just kind of becomes normal. Absolutely. So as like a family, you became like a really normal thing. Which is really cool because now y'all are doing this as a family. <laughs> right, and it's super normal to us. Yeah, which is right? how it should be. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's only, I mean, it's like, I think that you hide things from your kids that are bad. Yeah. Like if I'm doing something bad, I don't want my kid to see me. Mm-hmm. But if I don't think it's bad, why am I hiding that? I'm going to yeah. give the perception that it's bad. Yeah. You know? Breaking the stigma straight up. Yeah. 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 So... <clears throat> You've always grown your own cannabis, and now that you can grow legally, do you feel like your methods have improved slash you have access to more things that you're able to legally, like, do your own thing oh, and, yeah. have, you know, get your hands on? A hundred percent. I mean, even walking through the grow with you guys, and I was telling you guys about the technology that we use and, you know, the mo- the sensors and the monitoring and the substrate monitoring and um, collecting data, right, and using mm-hmm. data. Like, back, you know, 15 years ago, there wasn't none of that stuff. And even if there was, you didn't want to leave that somewhere where you could get busted. Yeah. And it's tracked back to you and it's like, has your IP address on your laptop? Like, you, that didn't exist, yeah. right? It was like, that's crazy. It was completely different. You grew by feel. You grew because you could, um, good growers, they, they speak to plants. Mm-hmm. And that's a weird thing to say. No, but, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah. We've heard that a lot. Yeah. yeah I tell my, my, my nephew and my son and my brother too, who's, you know, my business partner, you have to be a plant speaker, mm-hmm. right? And if you listen, the plant's going to tell you what, what you're doing and what it wants and what it wants. It's yeah. going to tell you when it's not happy. It's going to tell you when you overfed it. It's going to tell you when, if, when it's not happy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you just, uh, with, after a long period of time, you, you learn that the, the plant's going to express itself in a certain way mm-hmm. and you start associating that that expression means this, this means that. Yeah. And I, cool. I, I can like walk into a room and I'm like a, a grow room and I'm like a human sensor. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be like, uh, humidity's too high. Temperature's too high. Leaf surface temperature's too low. That's your cool. Your EC is low. Yeah. Your plants are light stressed or heat stressed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's not enough wind circulation in here. Um, it's a great skill. It is. I feel <laughs> like really? it's, it's one from doing it for a long time, especially yeah. mm-hmm. without the tools to right. do so, you know? Yeah. yeah. So did your family know that you were doing that at the time? They, yeah. I mean, I think at some, at some point they found out. I can't really tell you when that happened. Right? Yeah. It's like, it's kind of blurry when exactly that happened. Yeah. But, but was um, it a big deal? You know, it was kind of like they didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. I feel that. On the hush, the hush. It like was we, on we the kind hush. of know, but we yeah, don't we need know, to talk about it. Yeah, we know, but nobody's going to admit it. Right. right? Yeah. Everybody in the family's like, well, what does Charlie do for a living? <laughs> you know, he's right, right, right. It's just like right. everybody kind of, you know, has yeah. these opinions and assumptions, but <laughs> always. I yeah. think we didn't, We my parents didn't come out publicly until we got into the hemp, the hemp space. Okay. Because they felt that that was a lot more accepted and less yeah, stigmatized. For mm-hmm. sure. So they're like, okay. So then now they tell all their family members, yeah, everybody's like, oh, yeah, hemp, hemp. And now, oh, they, know hemp, that hemp. Yeah, <laughs> now they know that we're back in, that we're in the weed game. And so then they kind of put two and two together. And they're yeah. like, well, how did these guys, wait a minute. Uh, that's and they're like, funny. oh, that all makes sense. You know, yeah. It starts making sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's more accepted. It's, yeah, it's more accepted. Yeah. Kind of. Uh, Kind of, yeah. yeah, no, I feel that. Saab, let's take a minute real quick to break and talk about concentrates. We know they can be overwhelming, and how do you tell the difference between diamonds, batter, live rosin, and all the things? Totally know what you're saying, Bran. We have been branching out and trying new brands and new consistencies of concentrates, and lately we've been dabbing on the Tens brand diamonds. Yes, and I have to say, everyone has a consistency they prefer and what sits best with their body, and the Tens brand gives you options between batter, 
butter, high quality diamonds and live resin cards if dabbing really isn't your thing. So go find them on Weed Maps and Instagram and also check out their dispensary for anyone listening from or if you find yourself in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Now guys, let's dive back into our episode. So is your family all on hands on deck with the grow and do you find it's helped strengthen and grow your relationship and bond with them? So the only people that are hands-on in the grow is my, is myself, which I'm probably the least hands-on, but I'm more involved with the planning and the SOPs and mm-hmm. selection of genetics and all those things, mm-hmm. right? And, and building relationships with our breeder um, partners and all that stuff. Um, and my son, who's 80% sales, 20% in the garden. Mm-hmm. And then my brother and my nephew who are 100% in the garden. Dope. Right? And then so... My mom, when we harvested the first time, my mom wanted to be here, but we didn't need her help. You know, no. she's like, I want to be here because I want to take a picture yeah. and put it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> so, I know that totally. way. Proud. Yeah. And my dad, my dad spends time here and, you know, we, he just kind of does what he wants. He cuts the grass. And That's he, cool. Yeah. You know, he's, he's retired. Things. So yeah. he's kind of living a retired farm life. Love that. That's a good life to live. Yeah. So transitioning from when you grew back in the day to growing legal now, was that like, was that a tough transition? Like, did you have to do a bunch of things differently or was it pretty easy? Cause you already knew what you were doing. Yeah. It was a seamless transition yeah yeah it was um i felt like we hit the ground running like it's second nature yeah you know like the way you guys got here and set up this podcast equipment mm-hmm. right it's like kind of like the way that yeah we we approach this business like we already know what to do right like you know do this do this do like, this yeah and we and everything that you see here like we laid this concrete mm-hmm. we put up these walls we installed all the irrigation that's mm-hmm. did most of the electrical we did hanging all the lights in the unistrut we hung those that's 500 dope. pound dehumidifier. That's a lot of freaking yeah. work. It's, it took us seven months. Wow. And, but we did it ourselves. Which is dope because yeah. you saved probably a ton of money too. Well, we saved but a ton of money, but like more importantly, we did it exactly how we wanted it. And you have control over everything. And, and we maximize the use of the space. Which is awesome. Like you're not going to see, I, I would, I, I don't know if there's in many gardens probably in the state that are this size that produce the amount of flour. That we yeah. Have. Like when I told you how much mm-hmm. flour we're producing in there, you're like, wow, holy shit. Yeah. It, yeah. Right? And that's, yeah. that's because everything was built uh, with a purpose. Which is important. You know, with the space that we had, yeah. we planned and we, we kind of, you know, we knew what to do. I love that. So for someone who may not know, what do you guys pride yourselves on as growers? And what, like, if new patients are wanting to, you know, like, mm-hmm. find out, like, who is Charlie's? Like, what would you, yeah. how would you bring them so in? What, yeah, so we are... We focus on in artisanal craft cannabis, mm-hmm. flower and products. Love that. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, we, we are the culture, right? We're here for the patient, mm-hmm. you know? And what you're going to get from us always is something that I would personally consume. Yeah. And if it's not something I would personally consume, it's not going to go to a patient. So sometimes that creates conflict when, you, when it's business, mm-hmm. you know, numbers, financials versus quality of product. Right. Mm-hmm. And we would rather take a financial loss on something than to put a, a subpar product out onto the market. Which I appreciate that. Yeah, I do so, too. so if you get a product from us, it's going to be quality. It's going to be grown. It might not be your cup of tea. You might say this terpene profile is not my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. Or, that always. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe this, this strain that you have is a little bit louder than this strain mm-hmm. or whatever the case, but the way that the flower is grown and the attention to detail and how it's harvested and flushed and treated and mm-hmm. and it's clean, right? All of our stuff always tests clean. We don't use any pesticides here. Everything is done. We don't spray anything in flower, right? Okay. We, in, in veg, our, our nursery, which is uh, in the other building, 
Um, you know, we only spray in, in the nursery and we spray with all organic stuff, mm-hmm. which usually is just water, soap, some type of um, essential oil, mm-hmm. like it's like a cinnamon or a, or, or a cool. garlic oil of some sort and alcohol. And that's all we spray on our plants, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Interesting, yeah. And, and micronized sulfur, which is organic because it kills uh, powdery mildew. What, so, what, how'd you come up with like that that combination Mm -hmm. just years and years and years i've never heard that yeah yeah just like learning from other growers i was lucky to have some mentors yeah you know i have some friends that are um kind of weed famous type people right really big Mm -hmm. breeders in the industry growers Mm -hmm. in the industry it's dope and um i've been along my journey they've helped as far as education yeah 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 yeah, yeah. for sure that i mean that's you know you pick up tips from other growers Mm -hmm. and you kind of make it your own make it your own exactly that's cool so we know people are big on genetics is that something you like you guys like to focus on yeah genetics are huge i mean we have i have 17 years worth of relationships in this space okay with breeders right so we have relationships with some of the biggest breeders in the industry and um i have two decades worth of collection of genetics wow, that we're going to be bringing out to the market. Oh, wow. Um, our, our, the way that we like to do things is <clears throat> I would, I want to grow one strain at a time in mm-hmm. our rooms, right. And, and dial that strain in and then rotate them out. Right. So like we came, we wanted to come to the market with like chemical sunset because it's a very unique profile mm-hmm. and it's not, no, I haven't seen other people claim to have the strain here. I don't know. I don't think it's our pheno. Uh, I, it's, I know it's not our pheno because we've never released any cuts, but the profile on it is, you know, cheese, orange Skittles, and gas. That's kind of what I think. Yeah, it is, yeah, right? yeah. So uh, <laughs> we wanted to come to market with something that we know would do well. And um, then we're rotating in Apple Mac, which is triangle. So, yeah, Apple Mac is what's coming in next. And that's, and that's what you, you were smelling a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. I gave you a jar of that's triangle mints crossed with... Um, what is that? Triangle mints crossed with cap. Uh, yeah, Mac. Capulator's Mac 1, which Mac is like big in Oklahoma. Everybody talks yeah, about Mac. Yeah, yeah. So it's triangle mints, which is basically triangle kush crossed to cookies, uh, crossed to um, this Max cut, and it's fire. So are you guys always going to do like one strain, strain at a time in the room? And yeah. if so, what draws you to that? Because I also haven't ever like heard that from someone else just doing yeah. one strain per yeah. room and you know like normally a few I strains think most or- people are most people are like they want to grow a ton of different flavors because they're like well the market wants flavors and i know that the market wants flavors okay yeah. but the market also wants a brand that it can rely on for consistency that's yeah, important if you yeah. focus on right? one and at a time and if you focus time. on one at a time you're gonna have you're gonna put out fire yeah. Right. It lets you dial that strain. And it, that allows you guys to feel better and like more confident yeah. about what you're doing. And you it's know? seasonal. And it's, yeah. like, it's like Sam Adams. Like right now, yeah, Chemical Sunset, you, that's, you better get it because it's going to be gone and we're going to put it up for a year. Yeah. You're not wow. going to see it That's kind of cool though. Yeah, limited limited time. Thing, yeah. yeah limited so, and then we're going to have the Apple Mac and then after that we're rotating an Apple Fritter. And then after that, I think it's going to be like Strawberry Nerds or something like that. Oh, yeah. That so we have, so you know what I mean? So like yeah. rotate and then make people miss that flavor. Like, oh yeah, the... Last year we yeah. had strawberry nerds. They need to release that again. Yeah, and yeah. no, I feel out of way of all cool. strains for sure. Yeah. So, what would you say that people can expect from you guys in the foreseeable future? I think you can expect us to. Um, we're gonna we're gonna come out with you know products that are that are unique and are, are special and are, are very high quality. You know, so you're gonna see us collaborate with some of the state's best you know extractors and processors to make you know 
Charlie's collab, Live Rosins. Right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. We're coming out with our hand roll missiles, which are, in, you know, getting into production. We'll have those in probably three to four weeks. Um, and, you know, I think we'll have very unique offerings and very um, a very craft product always that people can count on. Yeah. Right? So, like, every couple of months you can count on it's going to be a different flavor, right? And it's going to be, you know, there's going to be some kind of live rosin from that. Dope. Some kind of mm-hmm. hand roll, right, pre-roll mm-hmm. with that, and then flour, you know? So it's like a, like a, not a, what am I trying to say? Like, like, a, hello, a, like a dynamic. Yeah. yeah I like dope. how it's very specific though. Yeah. yeah very specific. Her. And the cool thing is that, you know, we've, we, we already have a lot of really cool dispensaries, real awesome dispensaries that we're going to, that we're working with already that we're going to be working with. And, you know, the big thing that we want to do is create, um, that relationship with the patient, right? Mm-hmm. So you're going to see us all over the state in our pop-ups Every time that we have a pop-up, we're going to do something cool for the patients that are there that day. Yeah. We might do limited drops of certain dispensaries and, mm-hmm. you know, um, do, you know, T-shirt giveaways or whatever the case All the fun be. stuff to get people involved. Yeah. 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 So like, kind of like what we did at the sesh, right? Like, yeah. yeah. And we're doing the sesh again this month. Oh, nice. And this month, cool. we're going we're gonna, to, I haven't announced this yet, but I'll tell you guys, we're going to give away a Puffco Peak and two grams of live rosin. Dope. Right? Nice. And then we're having our, we're having our joint rolling contest, but this time... We're going to have our own section with tables with black cloths on them. That oh, branded, sick. And okay. then have red velvet ropes around the table to, like, make it a whole official thing. Yeah. And then I have a, a bucket hat, a camel bucket hat that says Missile Commander. That's, that's gonna, dope. That Larry the Weed Man's going to wear because he won it. And then a championship belt that says <laughs> Missile Commander. <laughs> All and out. Like the winner, and, like, the winner gets to have that. Mm-hmm. And so they are. Oh, okay. Right? So, like, and then. Love so that. we're trying to do cool stuff like that, you know. Yeah. And we're having a. Um, so this is this is something real cool that we're doing is we're having a party uh, probably at the end of August, beginning of September, and it's going to be like an invite-only party for dispensaries and bud tenders, for purchasing managers and bud tenders. Mm-hmm. And we're going to have, we're going to like roll out the red carpet, you know, like we're going to have a really dope event. Um, I don't want to ruin it and tell you guys what all we're doing. But yeah, yeah say I'm, that. I'm kind of known for throwing pretty cool parties. Okay. I kind of go over the top sometimes. Okay. <laughs> so it'll Noted. be maybe like 150, 200 people that we're going to have. Dope. Private invite, really low key and exclusive. And these people are going to be able to come and really get to experience our brand. Cool. And what it's all about and have a good time. That's awesome. I dig it. We love live to hear it. Live reggae band. Uh, yeah. Heck yeah. It's be I love reggae. I know. We love to hear it. Well, Carlos, I think this wraps up today's episode. Awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us and share your journey and your passion of cannabis. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. Yeah, we're grateful to be here. Um, go check out their Instagram handle, guys. It's at Charlie's Cannabis. That's C-H-A-R-L-Y-S Cannabis. And give them a follow. Is there anything you'd like to add before we hop off, Carlos? No, just thanks to you guys. Yeah, thank you. Everybody else out there, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. 
Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at DopeHistory.com.